Welcome back, everyone. In this week's episode, we discuss whether a pension is a great investment vehicle to create wealth. We take the opportunities to share key facts, figures, information on what pensions are and how they work. Similar to our Properties versus Stock four-part series, we took a similar approach here to passionately debate the pros and cons of a pension with Olu and Daniel arguing for and Shaw and Pabilo arguing against. If you are invested in a work pension or want to learn more about what to consider before investing further, then this episode will certainly help provide some insights and perspectives. An important note before we get started is understanding that everything discussed in this episode should not be considered as financial advice. These are just the opinions of four podcasters. If you are considering to make an investment or any changes to your pension, please seek professional and financial advice. Take off, take flight with you. We never fly, but we're flying. Guys, we're back with another one. How is everyone doing? Daniel, I'm going to start with you first because there's been some big changes on your side. Please kick us off. Hello, listeners. I'm doing very well, thank you. And P, thank you for that warm introduction. I've had a splendid week so far. I've got some new audio equipment, which I'm testing out on this week's episode. And I hope this finds you all jolly well. I'm I'm happy for you, Daniel. Like thank you, you very much. You're finally you. on the thank train you. of good audio quality. We're just waiting for one more person. And then... Yes, I, I I would concur completely. I'll completely concur. <laughs> but apart from your audio, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. It's been a busy week, a busy couple of weeks with work and all things um, outside of work. But you know, keeping head and shoulders above water, so I can certainly not complain. And fortunate for me, I can swim. So yeah, all good. Good, 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 good to hear. So who's this? Who's this? Addition, who's this additional person? Because I look good today with a, as a as a host. My mic's a little bit different. So that works. Got to be different, guys, man. Um, Shuo, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just came back from uh, uh, the first first summer holiday of the of the year. Went to Berlin to see a friend who's actually moved out there earlier in the year, working for a uh, startup out there. So yeah, it was cool, cool city. I've uh, been there a few times now, and um, yeah, kicking off the the summer vacation while managing everything else. So yeah, all all good. How how are you doing, sure. P? Yep. Sure. You mentioned your first summer holiday. So, how many holidays are we taking this summer? Oh, we got we got a few planned. We got a few planned, and I know Daniel and Olu, you're going to be joining for uh, one of them, and then another. I don't know if you can call it a holiday, but most definitely a monumental day. So, looking forward to catching up with you guys over the summer in person and celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> That's be I can't wait. Big one. Can't wait. Uh, P, how are you doing? Yeah, all good. Um, well, uh, no complaints. Family's well. Uh, works good. Property problem solving, you know how it goes. Um, yeah, now when I, when I think about it, um, sleeping well at night, that's the most important thing. So I'm good, I'm good. And I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this, today's discussion. Olu, how you doing? I'm good, can't complain. Um, for the listeners in the UK, we had the Queen's Jubilee. Um, so we had a long bank holiday, which was really good to just switch off unwind, enjoy the two days of good weather out of the four. Um, and then also I went to a spa day. So I went to a spa day just to relax um, and just, like I said before, unwind. And I'm really, really looking forward to this episode because <laughs> this episode touched a spot. When I originally, and I let Pete open it up, but when we I originally heard we we're going to do this episode, I was extremely excited for it. So looking forward to it. Can I just make one quick observation? He wants to talk about, he wants to talk about the spa, spa day. Go ahead, sure. He, can, I, can, can, I, can, I, can I just say, right, for, any, for the listeners who may have 
not had a chance to listen to the last takeaway episode with Olu. It's titled Redundancy <laughs> to Chief Financial Officer. And can I confirm to all our listeners that in the years <laughs> that I've known Olu, I've never heard of him taking a spa break. And then he becomes oh, Chief Financial Officer and he's going on start spas on the regular. So I think that says, uh, says a lot about his workload and how he's managing it. But hey, I wonder if... This is an observation. I wonder if you don't you, you don't know about my life prior to this podcast. Um, previously, I was an international traveler, just like you, Shua. I yeah. I calmed down a few years, yeah. So, it just you, 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 you say you calmed down, but this uh, recent Switzerland uh, ski trip we went to, I saw a, I saw a different side. But let's swiftly move back onto the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> Olu, do your direct reports listen to this podcast? Uh, You're not knows? sure. Not that we've, got, that we've, got, we've, we've got thousands. Of listeners, I don't know who they True. are. Well, yeah, good. No, all good, perfect. So, guys, um, welcome back to another episode. As you can see from today's title, we're talking about UK pensions. Now, what's interesting, and I wanted to sort of share this as a bit of background of context. The birth of this topic actually came from a discussion I was having on IG Live with another property investor called Alfred, um, that you guys also are aware of. And one of the questions on the IG Live conversation was. What do you think about pensions? And I gave my opinion, which lent more towards not thinking it's the most effective vehicle in order to create um, wealth. As I was explaining my point, I saw in the comments, Olu going crazy, saying, <laughs> what do you mean? You don't know what you're talking about. How could you? They're the greatest <laughs> investment vehicle around, etc." So one of the things, obviously, you guys know by now from property and stocks that, you know, we have great sparring matches. So we thought the best way to settle the score or take this discussion is to bring it to Take Flight Podcast. Um, since that conversation in March, myself and Olive have just basically been talking offline saying, you know, I can't wait to talk to you about pensions and get your thoughts on it and provide some counter arguments because you're so pro. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to do today. So today's format is going to be similar to property versus stocks. It's going to be Olu and Daniel teaming up to argue as to why UK uh, investing in your pension is a good investment vehicle and why it makes sense. And myself and Shua are going to give a go as to why we believe it's not the most effective vehicle and provide some counter arguments to what Olu and, and Daniel um, talk a little bit about. Very important before I move on, before we kick off, um, everything that we discuss in this episode today is no way, shape or form financial advice. It's just for... Um, um, guys sharing their thoughts, opinions. Um, we are not experts. And if you hear anything in this podcast that you like the sound of, it's important that you sort for financial advice um, and professional advice before taking any action. So I think that's very important. That's something that we're going to keep repeating as we go along in this, this episode. Um, so yeah, I look forward to having a very objective conversation with these guys today. Um, and then maybe just before we kick off, just a few I don't know, maybe, Olu, if there's anything you want to maybe share just before I share some maybe statistics, um, just to set the scene. No, um, like I said, when you were on that Instagram live, um, I thought it was very biased. Um, so I thought, let's have a conversation on the podcast where we can see both sides challenge each other um, and just learn, really, because all of this is all about learning, right? There's certain yep. things that Pabila knows that I don't know. There's certain things I know. Um, that Pabila doesn't and we're just looking to share and for our listeners P said it we're not financial experts um, which is random guys giving our point of views if you want to take anything further do your own research speak to a financial advisor um, I guess I can quickly just open up what is a pension right because if any of the listeners know I have my own YouTube page um, 
separate from the the other three guys um, called Olu Okanola um, on YouTube, where I did an episode just basically grounding what is a pension, some of the benefits of a pension. So what is a pension? So a pension is a tax efficient way to put money aside for later on in life. Now, the typical retirement age is around 55, right? There's different types of um, pensions, which we're not going to really go into detail on this particular episode, but you've got sort of the defined benefits, which the way to think about these are public serving individuals, either a police officer, someone that works for the NHS, you work for a certain length of time. When you retire, you're guaranteed some form of pension. Um, the second element is defined contribution. You will contribute into your pension. In most cases, your employer might match that. Um, that gives you a pension fund, a pot, which you then get to invest for later on in your life. And then you can then take that out at retirement. So that's sort of a high level explanation of what a pension is. Like I said, I did a YouTube video going into more detail. If you want to listen to it, listen to it. Um, highly recommend it. And I'll pass it back to you, P. Cool. No, a very good YouTube video. Um, that video was also a little bit biased, but again, this is going to be a conversation to um, help uh, even things out. Um, just a couple of statistics, just before we get started, just to give people a sense of the size and the magnitude of pensions in some recent headlines. So in April 2020, nearly eight out of 10 UK employees had a workplace pension compared to less than five out of 10 in 2012. So we're seeing a lot more of active participation of pensions um, from employees as, as time is passing on. Um, active enrollment was introduced in 2012 to help address the decline in private pension saving to make long-term saving the norm, right? So it's certainly become a trend and that we're starting to see. Interestingly, total private pension wealth in Great Britain was 6.1 trillion as of 2018. This is the latest stats that we have, which is up from, um, it was actually 3.6 trillion back in 2008. So this gives you a sense just from a 10 year horizon, just how much, right? Sort of the, the funds and, and private pension wealth has actually grown. And it equates to about 42% of Great Britain's wealth as a total. A couple of headlines also, um, just to keep in mind, maybe some recent headlines that I've picked up from Financial Times. So um, in speaking about the magnitude of such wealth, you know, there are recent reports that talk a little bit about UK pension schemes wasting billions of pounds uh, paying fees to underperforming asset managers. Um, one of the other headlines, just to keep in mind, and I'll explain why I'm sharing this, is as of 2021, almost a fifth of pensioners in the UK are living in poverty, the highest number since 2012. And as of 2021, about 130 UK pensioners were in line with payouts, in line with payouts of thousands of pounds that repeated to sort of errors um, of more than one billion. So I, I mentioned those headlines just to talk a little bit about, we're talking about a great amount of wealth, 42% of Great Britain's wealth, but it has to be managed well in order for it to be successful. So um, just some context to sort of set the scene. And I think sort of with that, um, I will sort of pass it on to Daniel and Olu to sort of to share um, their reasons as to why, right, we're seeing eight out of 10 employees invest in a pension. What is so great about a pension and why should people think about um, contributing to their pension? Uh, Daniel, do you want me to start? Or? Please, Olu, take the mic. So um, thank you for that intro. Slightly biased, but we'll have an opportunity to answer some of those questions that you posed. Um, I think the first thing you want to really understand is why was there such a push for pensions? And for me, the government wealth institutions saw that people were retiring in poverty, right? 
people were focusing on now, the immediate um, life versus thinking about how are they going to be able to sustain their lifestyle in the future when they retire. I think as you go into the work environment, we're not really taught about pensions. We're not really taught about how are you going to survive when you stop working? I think naturally everyone thinks they're going to be working for the rest of their life or they're going to have some form of income. So that's why they sort of introduced a form of pension. I think when thinking about this, right, we're trying to take a nuanced approach where we're saying either investing in pensions or not investing in pensions. And the first thing I want to just sort of start off with and address is there needs to be an assumption that the majority of people like to do stuff that are easy and readily available, right? I think there are many forms and many different ways of investing, but those levels and different ways of investing take a lot of knowledge, self-education, uh, man hours for you guys that do property, right? Shawal P, it's not easy just to wake up one day and just start doing property. There's a lot of learning you need to get, a lot of mentorship, a lot of mistakes that you could potentially take there. Property is, oh, sorry, pension is a way that a majority of people can grow wealth, right? is a simple and easy way to manage and ensure that people are saving for the future. Now, the first benefit I want to talk about when I think about pensions is what I class free money. And who doesn't like free money? If I told you today, P, you give me 80 pounds and I will give you 20 pounds, zero risk. You don't have to think about it. Zero risk. You're going to take it. It's guaranteed money. Now, the way pensions give you guaranteed money is you get a tax relief. So let's take, for example, a simple example of me putting a hundred pounds um, into my pension, right? If I put a hundred pounds in my pension, a hundred pounds goes directly into my pension. Now, if I was to take out a hundred pounds as an employee, uh, employee, right? The way it will work is assuming that you're a basic taxpayer, that hundred pounds will actually only will be taxed 20%. So you will only take home 80 pounds. So you've paid 20 pounds worth of tax. If you put that in your pension, you don't have to pay that. So that's already guaranteed money in which you receive. Secondly, when you think about that is most employees have some sort of matching scheme. So in most cases, if you put £100 into your pension, your employer will match that and give you another £100. In a simplest case, even if you decide not to invest it and just keep it in cash, which we know inflation will obviously reduce it, you're already making a profit. In certain cases, you might even be making a 100% profit. Tell me what property I can buy and it's going to double the moment that it hits my um, portfolio into my net worth calculation. There's no way for you to do that, right? There's no simple way for the majority of people to do that. So I think that's my first point. It's just around guaranteed free money. The second point I would like to talk about is the power of compounding. The reason why so many people don't build wealth is because they touch and interrupt the wealth. That's why so many, historically, property used to be the best way of growing wealth. Due to the fact that people will purchase properties, it's so difficult to sell a property. So people will hold on to those properties. They get the rental income. By you putting your money into a pension, you now, it's a lot harder to take money outside of your pension. So most people will just put in there and then it will compound over 10 20, 30, 40 years. And I know naturally we're going to hear some people saying, oh, but I can't touch it. I can't touch it. I can't use it. I can't touch it. That's fine, right? You're thinking about your future. When you think about wealth generation, 
you think about different elements. There's short-term investments, there's medium investments, and there's long-term investments. So putting away in your pension, you shouldn't have a negative thought process to, oh, I can't touch on time 55. That's fine, right? I think a lot of people have this short mindset of 55. I, I hope to live until I'm 90, right? So 55 is not a long time to think about it. So if you told me, hey, look, you're guaranteed this money onto your 55, cool. You can, your, your kids can inherit that where if you were to die before 75 and not have to pay any inheritance tax, a great way of transferring wealth, I take that. Oh, and you're also telling me when I reach that age of um, retirement, I can take out 25% of my investment with no taxes? What? Like, the dream is not to pay, like, yes, pay your taxes. Yes, for the listeners, pay your taxes. But if there's any relief or ways for you to avoid, legally avoid paying taxes, why not take that? I like, we'll give you guys a chance to reply, but why won't you take free money and not having to pay tax? I can't think of any argument against that, but I'll pass it on to Daniel to add a few more points. But again, for me, free money guaranteed. And then the fact that you don't touch it, you get to really see the benefit of compounding. And then lastly, just taking that money out with the tax benefits, not having to pay taxes, inheritance tax, passing it on to your next generation. You're truly building wealth. Oli, Oli, you're passing on to me. I think you covered more than two points there. Covered the point. I know. I, I can tell you're very passionate because you're talking about free money. Who wouldn't want that? You know. So you know, very ecstatic and um, uh, let's say loud gestures for those who aren't watching on YouTube. But yeah, Oli mentioned about the the tax relief, the compound interest, and maybe just doubling down on the employee contributions. I think that's a huge win. So I think a couple of years ago, HMRC. Um, introduced that every employer had to offer a workplace pension. So we're talking specifically now about workplace pensions and not private pensions or self-invested um, self-invested um, private pensions where you choose the allocated or where the money goes and where it's invested. So with a workplace pension, just double clicking on that is if I was to say I wanted to contribute 4% of my salary into my workplace pension, my employer will also match that 4%, which is great. And if you are in a position where you can start early, you can really budget your, your, your salary after tax and after all other expenses. I think it's a great way to start early. For example, I started in my pension in 2012 when I started working. And, you know, as Pierre alluded to earlier, there was the auto-enrollment. So every new employee would be auto-enrolled into a pension. And if you wanted to opt out, you can opt out. I never saw that as a choice. I just thought, you know, I've got nothing to lose. Let me just live on, you know, this post, um, this expense and just continue to live. And since I've moved, um, you know, to, to a new job, I've continued that philosophy. And not once did I think, oh, you know, what I can do with this money and I would like that to be included in my monthly salary. There was no benefit given that my employer was matching it. And if I wanted to increase it, I could increase it at a higher rate. Um, so I would say there's a huge benefit from just really living within your means. Don't see it as extra or free money. Just see it as yourself saving for the future. And I think most workplaces nowadays do offer that employee contribution or employee match to a certain level. So maybe 4%, 5%, 6%, and in some cases, 8% if you're very lucky. But you know, don't see that as a disadvantage if they don't. But also another benefit of starting to invest early is 
it really takes the headache out of you having to do so. And it also provides guaranteed income at the end. Let's not talk about the risk associated with it. If that, if that fund is poorly allocated or has very poor returns, let's just think of it from a completely objective view that the money's been invested and it's going to be worth more in the future than it is today. And when you retire, you can also buy annuity, which will provide you with regular income. So if you are that, that way inclined where you can't manage your money and you feel that a huge windfall may tip you off your equilibrium and may, may resort to you living a short-term lavish lifestyle, you might want to think of exploring the opportunity of receiving a regular income. And that can also be adapted to provide income that's fixed and also increase in line with inflation. As we know, inflation is real and you can ensure that you protect yourself by buying an annuity that covers you in with with covers you in line with the rate of inflation however you if you prefer you can also draw an income from your personal your pension fund whilst it remains invested in the stock market and this would also allow it to grow potentially depending on how the market performs over time so those are the points i would like to just to cover along with what elu olu enthusiastically shared in his opening um but with that said i'll pass over the baton yeah no good no thanks for um outlining some of the facts um i think it's really informative for people to hear one thing Olu, just to pick up on what you said you, you said that the retirement age is 55 i think what you're saying is that you can access your pension at 55 but the retirement age today is 68 more than likely it's going to be maybe 70 plus by the time our generation is ready to retire just, just to make a distinction there um and just to add, just to add on to ahead. that if i may from 2028 that access to your pension from 55 will raise to the age of 57 so that's important to 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 note okay so it's it's even longer to wait until you can access your yeah. pension. okay most most certainly um so so um yeah i've got three 57 sorry just are you not planning to see the age 57 no 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 we can come to points. it's a pretty long time though right but anyway Pico. yeah we'll, really? we'll come on to it so so i think um yeah so three core points i wanted to share that i want people to consider right when thinking about weighing up a, a particular pension but before i start i think one of the themes that you guys have touched on and that's something i wanted to open up with a lot of this does boil down to whether you see yourself as an active or passive investor as an active investor, that's someone who wants to sort of take more control over their funds um, and dictate and decide as to perhaps where you want to allocate it. If you're sort of proactively educating yourself to sort of um, invest in certain different um, investment vehicles. As you can imagine, eight out of 10 people that as part of statistics are more so outsourcing their financial success to like companies who are then investing in pension funds, right? So that's something to think about in terms of how you see yourself as a sort of active or, or passive um, investor. So three core points from, from my side for people to think about, right, when, when looking at a pension. So the first thing um, I do want to say, and I think it's, it's an obvious fact, is just to spell it out, is that a, a, a pension is a cash flow liability, right? You're paying into a fund longer, for, longer than it's going to pay into you. So if you think about, for example, if, if you think about it, the goal of creating wealth is to acquire as many assets as possible, and reduce a number of liabilities as possible, especially when you're building wealth. So let's say, for example, you start investing your pension at the age of 25, um, and the retirement age we said is around 68, right? So you're paying into your pension for 45 to 50 years before that pension then starts to pay you. So we got to think about it as we talk a lot about cash flow. We understand the importance of cash flow and how that plays. And I think it's very important for people to understand that you are servicing and managing a liability up until the point that's ready to pay you. 
if you get when you get to the point of 75, let's say most people live until I don't know 95 or around that point, it's then paying you for a period of 25 years. So for me, from, from my viewpoint, when I look at it, I, I see myself paying into a fund for 45, 50 years. That's only going to then pay me for 25 years. A perspective to think about. The second one, the second, the second thing I wanted to explore with you guys is. Oli, you've spoken a lot about um, the tax benefits, right? You know, there's tax benefits in terms of tax relief. There's no capital gains on, on the growth as it grows. Um, and you're not paying taxes on your fund as it continues to build. Um, all factually correct. When I look at, when I sort of look at a pension, I look at in its entirety life cycle, what I tend to see um, is unfavorable tax, tax terms towards the end of the life cycle. And I'll break that down as to sort of what, what I mean by that. I'll take a scenario just to just because it helps with the illustration. Let's say we take someone, for example, that's earning the UK um, average wage of £30,000. Um, and the minimum contribution is 5%. And the minimum contribution from the employer as part of the matching, which you guys have mentioned, is, is 3%, right? So that equates to £2,433, um, roughly £203 per month that person's investing. So let's say they started investing into their pension fund from the age of 21. And they continue to invest 203. And just to keep the math simple, they only ever earned 30,000 pounds for their entire career, which is unrealistic, but it's just making a point. And we assume that the pension had grown an average of 9% because we know we talk a lot about pensions being invested in the stock market, historical returns, right? When they retire, having invested over 54 years in that pension, you're going to end up with a pot maybe around 1.9 million, maybe even more. We can play with some of the numbers in the calculator and just to see. Um, which is a great amount of, of, of money, right, to look forward to. And that speaks a lot to the compounding. Now, there is a legislation by the UK government called the Lifetime Allowance for Pensions, which basically stipulates that if your pension is higher than a particular pot of allowance, you don't have to pay a tax rate of 55% on that amount. So the current allowance today is £1,073,100. So anything over that amount, you have to pay 55% tax on. So whilst your pot is benefiting from tax-free contributions, compounding, there is, at the, which, is which is growing and it, and it plays a role in the compounding, there is a tax bill waiting for you at the end of the life cycle. Now, if you think about it, 1.9 million is based on a scenario where someone's earning 30,000 pounds for their entire career with the minimum contributions. Most people are earning a lot more than that. So you can argue that there's going to be a lot more than 1.9 million waiting for them at the time of retirement. If we say, right, that's not a typical case, then we've got to look at the returns that pensions are actually performing, which we can talk about. So the thing about, the thing about when we look at investment and we look at investment vehicles is really to understand the full life cycle, maybe tax benefits to begin with, but you've got to think about whether you like the idea of, yes, there's 25% tax-free, but anything above that amount is going to be taxed at 55%. That amount today is only set until 2025-26, but it's something that at some point could actually increase, right? So that's something which you can't actually particularly in, um, control. So, so that's something that I think people sort of should keep in mind and, and think about. Final third point from my side, um, and it's, again, my viewpoint and just sort of how I see it, I, I see pensions somewhat being quite limited, in, in, the, in the nature and in, in the way they behave. And again, I focus also on the end of the life cycle, um, the end of the life cycle of, of sort of this pop, because that's ultimately where, you know, trying to cash out. So Olu talks a lot about, you know, being able to access your pension at 55. And um, when I look at it, 
um, let's say, for example, someone decides to draw their pension at 55, right? At that point in time, they're subject to the tax. So you get 25% tax free, but the, the remaining 75% is then taxed at your current tax rate that you're currently paying. So you're almost, it almost, you're almost in a better position to wait until, you know, that 68, 75 before you start actually playing with the remaining 75%. Again, goes back to you having to wait longer to actually withdraw it. If you draw down one of the other elements which speaks to limitations, if you draw down some of your 75% at around the 55 age, because you need to access that funding, and you, but you as an individual like the way pensions work, the way the system is set up is you can only then contribute a maximum of 4K per year back into that pension. And that, that is a limit set for the rest of the entirety of that particular plan. So that, that's something which, again, people need to think about when saying, how do I want my pension to look over its entirety? Again, most some people actually have more than one pension, right? So if you have multiple pensions and you're paying more than £4,000 in, right, you then have to pay your current tax rate on that additional amount. So couple of things, you know, you start to have to think about towards the end of the life cycle. Um, when I look at that, I kind of see it more as something which, whilst, yes, you can access it at 55, it starts to be more favorable when you're starting to hit 68, 75, because then at that point, as you're retired, you're no longer paying a high tax rate. So it's definitely something um, to think about. The last thing I'll mention before I pass it on to my partner, Shuol, is that we talk, Daniel, you mentioned about annuities. Um, and yes, annuities is a way of basically receiving a fixed income at the point at which you activate your pension. However, there is also a 25% tax on that in addition to, you know, the income tax that you have to pay, right? So it's really understanding where, you know, as much as there are tax benefits in the beginning to Olu's mentioned, there are big tax bills waiting for you down the line if you don't play it correctly. Um, but yeah, sure, I'll pass it on to you to just share some additional thoughts. Love it. Great. Thanks, P, for, for teeing up uh, our team so strongly as you have done. So I think uh, to also continue to counter Olu and Daniel's great points and to build on uh, some of the points that P has mentioned. So Olu, you did mention at the beginning vociferously about free money, right? And that free money, uh, I think we can all agree there is nothing in life that is that is free. So expecting money to be given to you for, for free is a bit of a uh, a long shot. And if we look at some of the costs to it, yes, that the company or the pension provider is giving you free money. But then what are the costs related to that? I think one of the biggest costs is the fact that you cannot access your pension until 55 or 57, as Daniel mentioned, or even later on, as Pabila mentioned, in terms of a real taxable benefit. So you could give me uh, double my money or 10x my money. But if I can't access that in 30, 40 years, then really what is the value of that, especially if I may not even get to that point? Or what could I have done with that funding uh, if I had it in my hands before? Again, this is an assumption, as Pabila mentioned for our points, this is an assumption that you would like to be an active investor versus a passive investor. So I think this is something that people should remember, that if you would like to be an active investor, your company, your pension provider may be giving you free money, but there is a cost to that. And not accessing that, that fund, those funds is a big cost, especially if you can actively invest that elsewhere. Um, that was one. The other point I wanted to discuss about was compounding. So I think both uh, Daniel and Olu, they were speaking about the, the value of long-term compounding and not necessarily being able to access it being a strength. Um, but you also have to look at some of the data points now. And I think Pabilo alluded to some of the statistics at the beginning. The amount of pension that people can get 
access to later on in life. At the moment, in most cases, it's not even sufficient enough to cover their current lifestyle. And yes, compounding can help with investments. But as we're seeing now in the cost of living crisis with petrol prices, all of the costs are going up as well. Um, and I know Daniel, he likes to travel. And I assume that love of travel isn't going to reduce. I know Olu also likes to travel and go to spas, if you heard about uh, earlier on in the episodes. These are cost of living that will continue to increase. So again, yes, a pension does compound, but is that going to be sufficient enough to cover your current lifestyle uh, and something to, to think about in case that's your only sole investment vehicle. The, the last point that I'll just mention on our side is why are we doing a pension or why would we invest in properties or why would we invest in um, oil and gas stocks like Olu does or why would we invest in startups like Daniel does? And what it all boils down to is that we're really trying to create wealth for our future selves and our families and our families beyond that. But with a pension, just because you're putting money in and there's another company or a pension provider matching it, there is no guarantee that the returns promised at the start of the plan will be coming to fruition at the end of the plan. There could be some situations where maybe the company that is your pension provider goes bankrupt. There could be a situation where later on down the line, the contribution by the company decides to be uh, reduced because of performance issues in the companies. There are many other variables that are out there. Now, again, if you're being a more passive investor, investing in your pension, maybe this is something that you're not concerned about. But if you, like our people here in the podcast or some of our listeners, are more active investors and would like to have more control over where you invest and the, the returns that you can access for your family, for your future, then I'm not sure if investing in a pension is the best place to have your your eggs for future wealth creation. So that was my uh, last of the three points. Thank you very much, Shoel, for sharing so eloquently. Um, I do have a question for yourself, uh, Shoel Mabilo. Do either of you have uh, a pension? Yes, we do. Well, but, no, but first of all... No, 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 Right, so, so should we start? Should we no, start? Daniel on start. So Daniel, so Daniel's going to start. Yeah, question. No, so yes, no. if you're working, no, to answer the question, Daniel, if you're working for uh, a company, as we've just spoken about, you're going to be contributing to a pension. That's not something you can you're, actually not hundred percent. You can actually you can opt, you can opt out. out. You can opt out. Yeah. You can and I wasn't take, I wasn't going for the low blow or taking the gloves off. It was just a simple question. That it was just required we wanted response. to make sure he understood. You've taken the it so personally. You've taken it so personally, and it's, it's like I've like I've insulted. <laughs> I, you. I just why? I want to address some of the points that were mentioned. I want to address. Yeah, sure. So you got you got you guys go and then. Uh, I just, just want to I just want to add to Daniel's yeah. point. The, the the pension that myself and Shaw have in our company is not anything that we pay attention to. Just want to make that very clear. So right. repeat I, that. A pension that we have that your Daniel's yeah. investigating and wants to understand if we have one. It's not anything that myself and Shua pay any attention to, right? Um, we spoke a little bit about active investing. So that's so, just something that I, but we can I can talk a little bit about private There's pensions. You can come on to that. Oli, go ahead, please. And just one just one quick yes. point just to build on that because Daniel did ask the, the question. This is actually for the listeners. So you may not have um, listened to previous episodes where we have this debate format. Pabilo did mention it at the beginning of the episode. We did do a debate property versus stocks. It was actually a four-part series and the last episode of that is episode 83. Now in that debate, we took the position of 
all property and all stocks. But then in the end, in the conclusion, we have a mix of the two. And that's something that we're going to now debate in this format as well. So at the beginning of the episode, it was pro-pensions, against pensions. And now in this part of the debate, we'll be able to go into some of the specifics about what we're doing. And as Pabula said, the, the gloves are off. So Ollie, a few please. Things, yeah, yeah, a few things I wanted to discuss. Um, I think Shual and yourself, P, have taken certain information and Ooh. created narratives without any data. So you said that we're in a, the majority of people when they retire don't have enough pension or enough to survive on. What is the reason that is? And how many people have you surveyed? You what can... is the reason? Because I could tell you what the reason is behind Go that. ahead, please. The it, reason is under-contributing to their pension. So if you were to put 1%, right. 2%, 3%, 4%, yes, you're not going to have enough to retire. It's not just a magic investment so then... tool that just makes millions so chihuahua and yourself said people you use the data initially say x amount of people don't have enough to no, survive are, on okay. the majority of those cases are due to under investing into their pensions well, right, so we can we can that. we can swap we can swap sources after this because i also want to see your sources that show yeah. it's the gap is based on under contributing to your pensions right so what is now, your the question, I, question is, I have for you no 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 what i'm saying to you is but that's the point you're making now the i think question she was I have, got a point Wait, wait, the question I have for you, Olu, is how yep. many people do you know, right, yes. that have reached retirement age and their pensions are sufficiently covering their lifestyle? My mom. More than five? Like, I could, I could give you, I could give you, I could give you, I could give you. Who else? Who else? I could give you my mom. I could give you auntie. Like, the majority of people I know, P, their money is not through investing in properties, it's not through having, fam it's through their pension. That, that's the only source of income. Now, you're saying, we're telling you to sacrifice 4%, 5%, 6%, even 8%. Yes, if that's the only thing you're doing, you're not going to be able to make a great return. But now, assume that 4, 5, 6, 7, 8%, the exact same amount, you're only solely putting that into property. You might only have one property. And then also, don't forget, whilst you're saving, inflation is touching your money as well. Like, what are you doing with your money there? You can't compare apples to apples saying, oh, I'm going to compare if I put... 3K, 4K into properties, and then I'm only putting 200 pounds, 100 pounds into my pension. It's not apples no, no, no. to apples comparison. Yeah, we're not talking about property versus pensions. What I'm saying but to I'm just you is, or any other investment tool. Yeah, no, but, that, but that's not the point. The point is, is, is do you know enough people, right, that are earning yes. enough from their pension to cover their lifestyle? You've mentioned family members, right? Um, is there anyone else, especially on the trajectory that you're on, right, that has that has reached the age? Based on the contributions that you're making, because I assume the contributions that you're making are more than your are more than your. And that's going to be my second point to you, P. You mentioned in regards to there's a tax, there's a allowance amount that you have. Yeah, right? yeah, lifetime allowance. Lifetime allowance. Why won't you stop contributing before you hit that allowance? Or why wouldn't you, like you, you're acting as if the way you manage your pension is okay. I'm giving you one point. What is the amount? One point. What's Correct. the allowance? Right. No, it's, it's one million what? and seventy-three um, thousand one hundred pounds, which will increase based on inflation. Yeah, why won't you fill that up to the top and stop? Like, why right. won't so you leverage that? Right. Yeah. So what you're basically saying is you're advising in order for people to sort of meet that threshold and no longer contribute. So you're saying the vehicle is only exactly. good up until that leverage point. the vehicle, leverage the vehicle to its maximum, um, maximum. Um, utilization you're acting as if you're forced to continue contributing to a point where now you're having to pay 55 percent no, no, no. whatever yeah no, but i'm not utilize it to the full yeah that's fine but i'm just letting people i'm just helping people to understand hmm. if you have this assumption because because one thing i will say is the lifetime allowance is not common knowledge right especially when i was it looking is. into it i, I don't think it's, i didn't get the impression the two it was common things knowledge. that are very common knowledge with taxes 
you could touch your money at the age of 55. Yep. With pensions, um, right? Your pension, pensions. Your pension money at a 55. 25% of it you could take out tax-free. And then the final point in which we talked about, which is the allowance okay. amount that you have. Now, okay. yeah. So that's, and so, then you keep saying, you guys keep saying pension is a passive. Wait, just, passive just, just stay on that yeah. point. Just stay on that point for a second. So yeah. you've been focusing a lot on people that are uh, passive. Yeah. You've been, passive, you've yeah. been saying that, you, this is one thing you've been saying. Um, I want to pull up on your point because now you're, 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 you're making the point around that people should now focus on making sure that they only reach that particular limit. Right. So Correct. you're base, So in essence, they should contribute up into a certain amount. So they've kind of got to manage it over, over its period. Correct. Cool. So a lot of your focus was on people that are not necessarily active investors, passive investors. Mm. Can you speak a little bit as to what you expect them to do at around when they've got to their retirement age and they've yeah. taken out 25%, what should they be doing with that 75%? Because now you have to have some knowledge to apply, to make that Perfect. 75% work. The simplest thing but you but can do is... Oli, before you do that, Shiro, do some popcorn? No, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go, go. Daniel, Daniel answered that like a pass it on to Daniel. So, Daniel, what to, Daniel, you mentioned you mentioned in your point, Daniel, you mentioned in your point in terms of what you could do with your pension with that 75. You could decide to either give it up to a company which can give you a fixed income over mm -hmm. a particular amount of time. Now, mm -hmm. what you mentioned in regards to that fixed income is if I'm gonna now that 75 percent, if I've retired, right, that will now come to me as if I'm income. So then depending on how much I want to get, if it will be a low basic, because you're assuming the person is still getting their full salary. Whilst well, I said, how you I said, we did say that it makes more tax efficient sense to to touch your entire pension 75 onwards because you're not paying that, that high tax rate. No, if but you, why can't I retire 55? You guys could tell me what the tax age, you could tell me what the retirement age is. Cool. I could tell my employer I retire at 55. Like you're not forced to retire at 66, whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm, but then you're subject to higher tax. You're subject. Oh, I see what you no, mean. You can you see what I mean. Work yes, I, can, I don't okay. need to work. I don't, like, okay, got you. Got you, you guys are acting as if you're forced. The retirement age is 66 because the majority of people don't save enough to be able to afford to live the rest of their life. The advice we're giving is people start early, put that four percent, five percent, whatever, etc., to a point where you know what? By the age of 55, because of compounding, which compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. Every investor talks about it. Compounding, the earlier you start, why can't I retire at 55 and start touching it? There's, sure. no, there's nothing right. stopping me to retire at 55. And then because I'm not having my full income, now I can live on it. And when you guys talk about the living crisis, the living crisis is based on multiple factors, right? Obviously, things are going up. Yes, there's nothing people can control about it. People are living beyond their means. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you this. If you've only earned 20K, 10K, 30K all your life, when you retire, it doesn't mean you can now start traveling around the world. That's not you're not living within your means. Like you've got to live within your your salary. And if if you say if you tell me, okay, no, tell me what you could do with only twenty k, thirty k a year, that now you can now invest it. Now it's going to allow you to live this lavish style where the majority of people. I'm not talking about the exceptional people. We've got four exceptional people on this podcast. You guys know exceptional people that you talk to and hang around with. I'm trying to give advice for the majority of people who have got a busy lifestyle. I've never been taught anything about business. I haven't been taught anything about finance. What is like, why won't you leverage what you have? And even for the active, I'm an active investor. When you say pension is not, is passive. No, I can go into my um, legal in general and I can select what I want to invest in. 
Yeah, but you so said I don't have. People. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm saying you, in the beginning you said switching now. Active versus no, I'm switching points. Yes, you mentioned in terms of a- active versus passive. You can be an active investor with your pension. What's stopping Indeed. you from being an active um, investor? I could decide I don't want a fund manager to um, to touch my money. Really, what I'm saying is the benefit of pension pension is really just the tax efficiency wrapper around. around it. It's the reason why people put money into ISAs, right? Is why not leverage the tax ability and the all the benefits that you have up to the limit of one million, whatever you want to do, and then focus on whatever else you want to do if you want to. Yeah. But not, if that's I, on the table, why not take it? So and, by so twenty forty five, by twenty forty five, Oli would have reached the age of fifty five. So please expect daily episode releases on his YouTube channel <laughs> as he'll have oh, a lot more free time to that, share some wonderful that, but, gems. <laughs> But I think that's important. It's important to understand that there is a limit. It goes back to the point in terms of its limitations. There's only, mm. there's only basically, there's no point making more than that that limit. So with a pension, totally agree with you. you can only make yeah. a mil, right? So that's another thing. One thing a mil today, have, a mil today, a million today, maybe a little bit more later. But that's basically what you can aspire to. That's it. That's the ceiling, um, especially if that's your sole channel, right? That's mm. one thing. The second thing is you're talking about annuities but you haven't actually shared the annuity rates. Can you share some of the rates that annuities are paying out today? And we can match that up with isn't inflation. It just based on, isn't it just based on how much you have? So it's no. based on how much, if, I swear it's based if, on how much, you did let me know. If you, if you have a look, if you have a look, I looked at some rates, I can pull up, I can send you the chart. Um, they're below inflation today, right? So they're like three, 4% annuities are paying out from your lump sum. So the you mean about the it, amount, the, sorry, the, amount that, the, the income, percentage that they're giving you? Is the 4%. income that you're able to pull. Okay. So it's a, it's a very small amount. So yeah. the, the, it's a very small amount that you're able, it's not like a high um, interest that you're receiving from your annuity. It's quite low. So that's something that's very important to understand in the sense mm-hmm. of that's not attractive returns, your 10, 12% annuity plans. They're quite low in that sense. So this is something which- Why do you think be receiving- 12, 10% is attractive? Sorry? Like, how much are you saying is not, so you're saying, so- No, I'm in terms saying of, there, is me lowest three, there, there is okay. lowest three, four percent. That's what I'm basically saying. So, P, so for if me, that the is way your plan, plan, if mm. that is your plan to yeah. then receive an annuity from that, you have to understand that you're not, you're giving a lump sum over to a company to only receive a small amount each month. Sure. I've had this conversation with my dad and also a wealth advisor, so I'm, I'm fully aware. So, P, the way I would, if I wanted to touch my money, let's say, for example, I have a million, the million cap that you're referring to. Yeah, but, but tell me, 50, are, you, are you talking active now or passive? Which one you want to stick with? Because I'm talking about which whichever way you want to disc. I'm talking your about guy, your guys are passive guys. You got to stick with the passive guys. Yes, I'm talking about passive passive uh, individuals, right? <laughs> so at the age of 55, I reach my one million, whatever my allowance is. Mm-hmm. I take out 250k. Yeah, 250k is not a small. A quarter of a million is not a small amount. I know for you property people, it's small. But if I wanted to be like, if I was, <laughs> if I wanted to be like you guys, right? The first thing I could decide to do at that particular time is that two fifty k, I could decide to pull it in income generating assets. I could buy a bunch of properties, which give me which, some which sort of income. Yeah, which, I think by, I, can, by, I mean by by that price, by that time, and by that price, I don't even know if you can get half of something, Alu. By that, no, point. I'm so. sure. I mean, what? I'm sure in some of the areas you guys are investing, what, I'm sure what? I'll be able to no, buy the to one take. or two. Properties. He's trying to take. He's trying to take. Um, <laughs> no, what most people, what part, most people do is they pay off yeah. their mortgage. Just in terms of when we look at trends, that's what the 25 percent usually is for. So just I would, I would the assume average that person, my, the passive I would investor. assume the average person by the time they reach their retirement, because they would have been paying their pension, whatever the amount is. They probably wouldn't have a pension at the age of 55, 65. Because, mortgage, you mean mortgage? Sorry, mortgage. They won't have a mortgage at that age. So they won't be paying off that. So that's 
you'll find out the majority of people when they reach their pension age, your outgoings are really low. You paid off your house in most cases. If you were able to get a mortgage at some time, you would have had to pay your repayments. 20, 30, 40 years, like you said, it's paid off. Now, the rest 750K, the way I would do this, right, is, and again, this is not financial advice, speaking to an expert, is Active why investor. can't I, I can draw down against my amount. So that's 750. I can draw down 4%. I could draw down 5%. That's around 30, 40K a year, which will come to me. And then that that um, amount, principal amount. Principal amount, it's still in the market. It's not in cash. It's still in the market. So if it goes up 7%, whatever, et cetera, it's basically replenishing itself as it goes along. So I'm drawing, getting more, drawing, getting more. I'm sorted for the rest of my life. And the, the thing I keep going is, whenever I think about wealth generation, right, I think of there's multiple elements of it. There's short term the best short term way to do it is starting a business a business is the best way of getting short term start your own business right there's medium term like p said having certain assets which are income generating but then you got to also think about long term and why not take full advantage of free money I'm, and shwell sorry it's free money it is like if your employer is matching what you're putting it's free money like i look at my salary i like earn more salary just based on putting my uh, taking out pension because my employer is giving me more money on top of that. So my salary is actually more because of the fact that I'm getting free money. Yes, I can't touch it at 55, but well, we're going to be 60, 70, traveling the world, enjoying it. We're going to live long. We're going to live long lives. So it's not a problem for me. I hear you guys point, and I think it's, your mm. point of view is valid for exceptional people who know what to do with their money. But the reason why Daniel asked the question he asked you guys was because he wanted to find out when you started your career, what was the first thing you signed the box? And you ticked that box to say, let me keep my pension in there. I the reason actually. you did that, they just, they just took it the from reason, or okay, you could ahead. have opted out, but the reason mm -hmm. you probably would have done that is because at that particular time, you didn't know what better to do with your money. You didn't know how to build your portfolio empire mm -hmm. that you have now. Now, now, I need to, now I need to dive in with this brother. Now, go, let's, let's go. No, because I think, I think fair point. Now, and, and I think we're having a great conversation, honestly. If you're, you didn't know how to do all those things. And then the moment you said, you know what, I feel like I can... Speaking, yeah. I'm speaking from experience because I want to I take you right back to that point when I was 22, right? I thought pensions was such a great idea. So let me mm -hmm. also share with you that the, the wealth in this, in this country, Switzerland, Guys, this has been a scintillating episode. I've really enjoyed the back and forth, the banter, and the great conversation. I've certainly learned a lot from you all. I'm going to keep, keep investing in my pension, but I'll let the conversation continue whilst I drop off to an important matter. But stay tuned and uh, love to you all. See you, Dan. Speak soon. Thank See you, Dan. Cool. So, so Pete, you, what Pete, you, yeah, I just yeah, wanted to answer. So in, in Switzerland, this country is notorious for growing your wealth using financial services and tools like a pension, right? And so you get a lot of, though, especially those that work employers, um, they push you to not only take the employee, um, employer uh, pension, but also to look at private pensions on top of that. So most people here have multiple pensions. So, yeah. um, and again, this does go back to appetite, active investor, how you're educating yourself. So I was approached at 22 to basically invest in pretty much a, a private, a private um, pension plan. And so the, the structure was, you know, he, he, he worked on my financials and said, how much can you invest a month? So we started on £556 per month. So I was invest, investing that every single month with the promise or the or the hope that in, I think I remember the numbers, between 7 8 or 9%, I could land anywhere between 600000 or 750000 um, 
francs, right? So that's something that when you're, but and, and I agree to what Olu's point is. At the time, that was what I thought was a good decision to make because I'm investing in something that will compound at a later stage. But there's a couple of things you have to keep, you have to be mindful of. And I think a lot of what we're talking about today is being mindful of more than just perhaps some of the pros. So as time was passing on, it was always about first understanding what, what is my money actually invested in? A lot of times, I think most people don't know where their money is. So when you did this drop down list, it was JP Morgan Fund, A, B, C, D. I don't know exactly what these are. And when you talk to an advisor, they can't quite fully explain to you what it is. So your money's going somewhere. Do you know where it's going? And can you maybe dictate or determine what's happening there? So that was one thing. Second thing is, I thought it was such a good idea to Ollie's point at a certain point in time. I said, you know what? I said, you know what, Lauren? Let's open up two more pension, private pensions. So let's open up. You take on one, I take on one. So then in essence, we'll have four, right? One with the employee, one that I kicked off to begin with. Um, and then and another another one on, on top of that, plus what I gave to my wife. It got to a point where my premiums each month was £1,556 per month. Every month I was paying into this fund. This fund that only then cashed out at a later stage. And this is why my first point was, it's a cash flow liability because... Mm. You also have to look at opportunity costs. If I kept that 1,500 and I kept building that, what could I have done with that amount of money, right? So this is the learning over time, right? Um, then I got to a stage and I said to myself, just give me a second, Olu. I got to a stage and I thought, actually, I'm going to opt out of this plan, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to opt out of these private pensions because I see a better use of this financing in another vehicle like property, for example. The wealth manager almost strangled me and didn't want me to sort of um, jump out. And because her commissions are tied to me continuing to pay, I took out uh, the amount of money. It cost me £25,000 in order to do that. I moved that remaining amount of money into a property and that deposit, um, not doubled, but it's basically done extremely well since. So it's just a story to, to tag on to what you said, Olu, which is in the beginning at 22, 23, it looks like a great proposition, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some things you need to know, right? There's certain things you need to know and understand if you're going to commit to it long term. Um, and I'd probably say, if you're going to do it, be it's something you want to hold on to. Because I didn't give it a chance to compound. I, I saw some of my funds in cash and I thought, look, I don't believe in this anymore. I'm pulling out. So it's just a bit of, it's just a bit of a sense from an active investor and how I've played it over the, over the, over the uh, years and the mistake I've made. And I think for the listeners, P, that is a phenomenal story. Because I think... Listening to that, right, I feel like there's so much growth and lessons learned there and certain things you can look into. So firstly, you decided, yo, I want to invest more, right? So you went outside of just your employee and looked at, let me get a private pension, right? Because of all of these things. I think one of the key things when I listen to what you've said is I'm not a fan of investing with certain people's funds or an active manager. The reason is because it's proven that active managers don't do better than the stock market, just the indexes. And secondly, the fees in which you've mentioned. So for our listeners, like as you go through this episode and you listen, look, I personally feel like everyone should just start off with a pension as you start, right? But it's elements that you need to look at and study if you want to truly grow it. And I, if you're not someone that's going to listen to it, right? I don't see you as someone that's going to now outside of pensions now go and make a million if you're not active or caring about your money if you're not going to do these basic things then you're not going to do it outside of pensions so the first thing is you want to know what you actually invested in so like p said there's certain funds which have got high management fees 
And all it is, is people are eating off you, right? The reason the person wanted to strangle Peter were like, yo, 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 you're paying my lifestyle. And it's easier just to go into low um, passive funds like the S&P 500 or even properties. I could say, say I want to invest in properties because I believe the property market is going to, instead of me owning mm -hmm. actual properties, I can actually invest in property funds with low management fees. The second thing, which I think is completely fine with what P said is, the moment you start to know, hey, there's something better that I can use my money towards, right? I'm all a fan of, yeah, don't do private pensions and look at what other tools. I can use that money to start off my business. I can use that money to buy properties. I can do X, Y, and Z. I'm not out here saying, hey, if you if you have something better that you know is proven and you know works for you, that it can make you good money, not to decide to um, not go down that avenue all i'm saying is leverage what's free and what's on the table leverage or like there's a such a massive wealth gap right in minority communities and i'm all a fan for play the system if you know that there's a way of you getting 25 um 1 million worth of tax-free money why not take it especially if you're in a full-time job like you ain't got the time to be starting a property. You ain't got time to be actively investing. Why not take it? But now if 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 I have a conversation with P and he says, hey, look, I'm thinking either I should put the money into my private pension or I'm going to buy another property and do X, Y, and Z because I want to be able to either retire earlier or quit my job earlier. That's a completely different conversation, which I'm all for. It's just the reason why I was so passionate about this subject is <laughs> I just want to make sure that We've got such a we're we're reaching a point where we're very we're influential with our podcasts, all the stuff that yeah. we're doing outside of this, right? And I think we're used to talking to exceptional people and people like us, right? And it's I always try to think about what is the majority of people gonna do? And I think what you mentioned initially, the reason why so many people we have this pension crisis and people not afford able to retire is one, people are living above their means. Two, mm. people are not investing enough. If it's pensions, if it's non-pensions, whatever, people are just not investing enough. And three, people are not leveraging as many loopholes, tax benefits that they can. And that is sort of my point. I think you guys gave me a lot of things to think about, right? And I'm going to definitely take into consideration, like P said, a lot of stuff around what am I going to do at the end of it, right? How do I ensure I manage it in such a way that I'm not tripping a higher tax amount? And all of those elements, but for me, there's free money, there's, there's tax efficiency. I gotta I take it. <laughs> no, it's good. It. I think. I think. Um, sure. Any. Any. Any couple of points yeah. before I sort of uh, close it down. No, I think. Um, it's so. It's definitely been a, a great conversation, as mentioned to uh, the listeners in the previous uh, during the previous part of the episode. In case you missed property versus stocks, I would highly recommend listening to those episodes as well, because I think there we also had a very healthy debate. I think on um, observing and listening to some of the points, I think we really have covered a, a wide spectrum of people from people who are starting out investing to people who are probably more actively investing from the exceptional part. And I think if I was to, to summarize what I've heard in this episode, if you have a choice of spending all your money or investing in a pension, 
then of course invest in that pension. Then if you get to that next level, if you have a choice of investing in a pension that you don't really know much about versus investing in a pension that you have a lot of visibility, always choose with the pension with more visibility. Then at that stage of your evolution, if you get to the level where actually you start to observe other investment opportunities, whether that's investing in a tracker, whether that's investing in oil and gas, whether that's investing in property, whether that's investing in um, startups or cryptocurrency, again, your level of knowledge and information will continue to increase. And then you will have to, you will have to take a decision on, do I invest in a pension where maybe I have a bit more visibility or do I think that with my knowledge I've gained, I'll be able to invest for better returns on, on, on a long-term um, frontier. Now, just one example to share, and it's quite similar to Pease. So I started my career in Switzerland. Um, we weren't given an opt-out option as far as I'm aware. It was just by default, these are your pension contributions. My pension was being paid in, and then after four years, I had the opportunity to move from Switzerland to Tokyo. Because this was moving outside of the EU, I got the option of either transferring my pension into another Swiss account where it would be generating a certain level of return, or getting that money paid out to me, where then I get the opportunity to invest that in a particular area or an asset. Now, at that time, I moved to Tokyo in 2016. With that payout that I was given, I opted to take the cash out that I had contributed into a pension. I invested that into a deposit for a property in the UK. Now, from 2016 to 2022, that deposit and equity is now 3 x in a six-year period. Now, I don't know whether a pension would have been able to generate the same returns, but again, with the knowledge that I had gained at that time, I've been able to transfer that into an asset that I think will be able to pay me in the long term. And on top of the pension, give me a monthly cash flow figure as well, which will help towards my lifestyle. So there's many different ways that you can slice the cake. I think this really depends on the evolution of where you are as an investor. But I think we as a, as a group have really covered the different bases. And then as, as Daniel mentioned in the initial question, are you guys still investing in, in pensions? Now, similar to property versus stocks, Everyone in this group has invested in both property and stocks, but we wanted yep. to have that conversation. No one here is completely not investing in any pension and no one here is not investing in anything apart from a pension. It's really a blend of everything, but it's really down to you as a listener to take the approach that makes sense for you. And then hopefully this conversation has helped. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, today's conversation is filled with passion. Uh, myself and Olive have been waiting to sort of have this conversation <laughs> and take off the gloves. But there's been, I think, you know, talk about information. We've discussed strategy, how people can play it different ways. Again, one of the things I'll mention, um, and I have to close with this point, everything that you've heard today is in no way, shape or form financial advice. We've just given yes. experiences, opinions. We've done some research. Um, but again, if you like some of the things that you heard, you have to sort for professional financial advice before taking any action speak to your employer listen to some of the advice that's been given today um in terms of going for that next step to get professional advice before thinking of doing anything next um and with that guys and um, we'll close i'll let you listeners be the judge in terms of who took that round uh did olu and daniel take it to make it 3-1 overall did we <laughs> take it to make it 4-0 or was it a 4-1 draw? Ollie's making you, certain faces. Where are you getting these numbers from? Oh, we wiped you in property versus stock. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what we're just, we're just bringing in squads forward. Yeah. I don't think Perfect. so. But for the listeners, you can listen to those episodes and be the judge yourself. Perfect. And with that, we'll close the episode. Um, please, if you've got any thoughts, comments, or questions, you can reach out to us on Take Flight um, Podcast on, on our Instagram. Or if you've got any questions, you can reach out to us on takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. And just one final last before we close, whichever platform you're listening on, please, please, please remember to subscribe. If you liked us, 
and you like this episode, please also make sure you leave a review. And if you think that this would be helpful for someone else as well as on their financial journey or on their journey to take flight, please also feel free to share it with them. And famous last words, as Daniel always says, take care and God bless. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah. Fool, we never fly away.